0: Uh, yeah. Uh, what a fucking awesome way to start Big Ten football and start the 2021 football season with that city Yeah, that first points of the year. Loved it. Uh, how typical is that of Big Ten and
1: Nebraska?
2: It, it's gonna, it just, it just set the tone for the season. Welcome back to the tub club. We have a great episode for you today, two interviews at the end of this episode, Frank the Tang Fleming and White Sox Dave. Uh, Frank, I think, was a little tired. We'll just preface it with that, but still a great interview. And White Sox Dave, you got to get to know a little bit about the guy that, you know, from what you hear on the radio or see on video. So that was was also cool as well. Uh, But again, this is Tub Club, and I got a little extra to add to that law. This is Tub Club, sponsored by Betfred Sports. So happy to announce that, you know, we are working closely with them. I get all my values, my bets. It's the only book I use. Uh, So if you haven't already, if you live in Pennsylvania, Nevada, Iowa, or Colorado, sign up for Betfred Sports. And hopefully by the time this airs, might have a little promo, might have a little something for you guys.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate the people at Bet Fred. Um, you'll hear more about Bet Fred later to come this year. Um, but yeah, they're the best. So if you uh, want to place a sports bet, wait for the promo code to come out. Yep. And then, and then use the promo code.
2: <laughs> All right, let's go. I'll start, just kick off. There's five games. Really, you know, a lot of blowouts. The very first game, Nebraska-Illinois, I felt was like the only true competitive game. Uh, so we'll start with that one, Nebraska-Illinois. What a game. Uh, if you followed our picks, both Larry and I had Illinois with the points and the under. Under was nuts, wild, crazy that it hit. Uh, Larry, what are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah,
0: two missed extra points. <clears throat> um. Yeah, no, I mean, um, Martinez is wild for Nebraska. (laughs) Uh, There was a lot of punting. Like, Big Ten football was definitely back. A lot Mm. of punting. Uh, Ended up being a punt that scored the first points of the 2021 football season. What a gross play that was.
2: Yeah, and if you look at it, the very first punt of the game, he put it out on the one-yard line. So that was awesome. And then the second punt that came, the guy's like, I'm not letting him, you know, catch me on the one again. I'm going to catch it. When the rule is, it's like you stay on the 10, 15-yard line, anything over your head, let it go. I don't know what he was thinking. I'm cool with it, though. And, yeah, let's go Illini.
0: Yeah, Brett Bielma wins his first game. Yep. Um, I don't think Scott Frost makes it out of – he's not going to be the coach of Nebraska. He might not even finish this season.
2: I want to see him. We have our Thanksgiving special with Nebraska every year. Iowa does. So I want to send him off the good goodbye. So uh, hoping he stays at least till then, but we'll see. Um, Next up, we had UCLA and Hawaii. And I couldn't have thought of a different script for this game. I thought we were going to see Hawaii, get some yards, get the ball in the air, uh, on the flip side, UCLA, Dorian Thompson, the quarterback, Heisman hopeful. I thought he was going to tear it up. He did good. Don't get me wrong. But the running back, I can't think of his last name. He's a transfer from Michigan, six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. It sounds like, it sounds like a Madden game for me.
0: Yeah. Charbonnet was an absolute yeah. stop. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think most of the public was on UCLA minus yeah. was, you or 18, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that hit pretty easily. Um, overs weren't good on Saturday, uh, <laughs> got burned by a couple of overs and I mean, stupid me or stupid us, whoever, I mean, yeah. it's week, week zero college football. Like why should I hit bet overs anyways? Um, yeah. I mean the quarterback for UCLA went 10 for 20, They still scored 44 points, but it was off, like, six rushes. Like, that's how they scored all of their points and gained all of their yards.
2: The defense stepped up. Special teams was good. I think they had a block punt for a touchdown. So, uh, I think the narrative was, like, is UCLA going to show their full game plan before they play LSU? I don't think that was ever a question. They were going to come out and play their game. So, it's a good bet uh, for those who took it. And uh, props to the Bruins, Chip Kelly, for getting W to start the season. Um, the only other game I want to talk about, and then I'll let you talk about the your last game that you had, UConn and um, Fresno State. Oh yeah, UConn. Fresno State. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, real quick before we get there, my other I had three picks: Illinois plus seven under fifty-five, and then I had San Jose San Jose State game under fifty-six. Going into halftime. 52 points on the board. Turned the game off. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch second half. Uh, Come to find out, the only points in the second half was a lone touchdown by San Jose State. So the total ended up being at 59. I lost by three points, with 52 of them being in the first half. Crazy. Uh, Starkle, he's, uh, I think, well, I know he came from Arkansas. He played a little bit at Texas A&M, I believe. But San Jose State's a running team. Dude threw for 394 yards. Had a couple TDs. Did not see that coming. Uh, and that's on me. So I ended up going 2-1 for the week. Uh, Larry, let's talk about your last game that you had. You ended up going 3-1. What, um, what was the outcome there?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I did. I added San Jose lo, late. Hit that. But that was just like a late night game. Like, let's have some fun. Doesn't really count. But I did hit it. Hit them and. The over, um, but I had Fresno State like minus twenty eight, and the over against UConn. UConn scored zero points. Like I, <laughs> I shouldn't have expected UConn to score points. Yeah. They haven't played football in like three years. Not that <laughs> long, but um, Fresno State covered. It was like a twenty eight point spread. They won forty five to nothing. Again, it's on me. Like I like the I like the same game parlay. But like the totals, totals killed to me. Um, yeah. Because it's, I mean, I did, you did it barely hit the under in that first game with two, <laughs> two missed extra points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the rest, the rest the unders hit, um, I think, fairly easily, except for that last game. San Jose State
2: Yeah. in that game, there's only a touchdown in the second half, and that was it. But it is what it is. We move on. We'll have a lot more games, uh, obviously, as more games come about. There's only five games on week zero. Uh, But anyways, let's hop into it. We're going to go preview two big games. So every every week, Larry, I'll pick one, two, three big games, break them down for you and give you our thoughts, and then finish with our picks, you know, for the rest of the week. Um, So our first game we want to talk about, Georgia, Clemson, Neutral Field, Charlotte, North Carolina. So technically – Basically, a Clemson home game, or is Atlanta close to Charlotte, or where's it?
0: I mean, so Clemson's right in the middle of Atlanta and Charlotte. Um, oh, okay. But I mean, Clemson. I mean, Clemson fans are gonna travel. Well, yep. they're gonna. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the people that go to Clemson end up living in Charlotte. Um, okay. It's There's gonna be a lot of orange in Bank of America stadium. Uh, it's the Panthers stadium, but um, expect heavy Clemson fans. I actually have buddies that are going into the game. One okay, of my buddy, one of my buddies works for Duke Mayo. And this is the Duke Mayo classic, I believe, uh, What the like hell is this, Duke you know, Mayo? Wait, this could Duke be some May- region bias. I don't know what Duke Mayo is you know what hellman's is like what type of mayo companies you got oh uh,
2: yeah hellman's yeah we got miracle whip and hellman's well duke mayo is
0: the southeast uh mayo brand They do are
2: disgusting no i've never heard of that in my life i'm
0: pretty sure this is the duke this is the duke's bowl duke mayo bowl uh, <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. What? Uh, yeah. Expect a lot of Clemson fans. That was very off-topic. That has nothing to do with this game. But uh, <laughs> expect a lot of orange in the in the stadium. Um, yeah. I mean, these these teams haven't met since 2014, um, which is kind of crazy. But it it seems yeah. like Clemson's been hot. Georgia was hot maybe maybe like six years ago. Um, but they haven't met since 2014. So. There's not like a recent, it's not like a recent rivalry or uh, bad blood there, um, which is interesting.
2: I I mean, the fact that they're both in the top five, I think that'll provide the intensity that may be missing from like a rivalry game, right? I'm going to break down. Here's what I got got from the game, just looking at two teams. Again, I want to preface this with. My specialty, what I feel that I'm best at, is watching tape. So week one is always a little difficult for me because I can watch tape. You know, you watch spring football games, but, you know, it's just not the same. Or you can look at last year's tape, but you got guys missing. So I did the best I could here. A lot more analysis coming. But, again, with our friends at Bet Fred, we have the spread at, currently at the time of this recording, Clemson minus three. Uh, total is at 51 and a half. So a couple of notes that I got, then Larry, I'll turn it over to you here. Uh, this is definitely, this game means a lot more for Clemson than it does Georgia. So Clemson loses this game. You play in the ACC. Like, sure, you'll play Miami, you'll play North Carolina, but you don't really have that many tough games, like, to prove yourself, you know, show yourself to the committee towards the end of the year. Georgia, on the other hand, if they so happen to lose this game, I mean, you're playing the SEC. Uh, SEC champ or, you know, if you get in your division, a one-loss SEC team is most likely going to make the playoffs. So I really think the game means more for Clemson than it does Georgia. Uh, However, again, both teams are going to go at it. Second point I want to make, and then I'll kind of pause here, Larry, give you some uh, airtime here. But this game, if you like front sevens, defensive lines, linebackers, this game is for you. Clemson. Uh, returns everybody on the front seven, so going to be wild. Georgia has the best front seven in the SEC. Uh, going to be wild. Um, we'll talk more about this here in just a second, but, Larry, you you, you want to give me your thoughts there?
0: Uh, I mean, I'll switch to the quarterbacks here. Um, inter- interesting history here. It's uh, DJ Ugalele versus JT Daniels. So these guys first met in 2017, both of them are from South California, Southern California. Um, They met in high school. Um, DJ Laley's first start in 2017, he was a sophomore. He faced JT Daniels and the number one team in the nation. Uh, They lost and the following year JT Daniels He forgone his senior year in high school and went to USC. Yeah. But this is a big revenge game here for DJ. In his head, it's – I think this is the revenge. Eventually, they did beat the high school the next two years, his junior and senior year. But this is is already a
2: revenge game here, just (laughs) quarterback versus quarterback. So let me ask you this. Was DJ the number one team or was JT the number one team? JT, and he was a year older. Got it, got it. But he took down DJ in high school. One, and now every- go ahead, sorry.
0: Yeah, no, in 2017, yeah, he beat JT's team, beat DJ team in his first year in high school.
2: See, folks, those are the type of stats you're not gonna get from you know your big J journalists. So props to Larry, good, good little tidbit there. I like that. And I think to kind of you know pair that with you know my first two points there is that. DJ's got two starts under his belt. JT's been playing for a while now, uh, whether it be at USC, Georgia, whatnot. Definitely has had some injuries, had to play through, you know, know, play up to his position. But the D-lines are going to dictate this game. And I think that with DJ with less experience, that's really going to impact him more, is that if that Georgia defensive line, which both teams' offensive lines are good, not great, right, um, but these defensive lines are gonna put pressure on both these quarterbacks, and I think the one who's gonna handle it the best is gonna win the game. You kind of get where I'm going with my pick here, but I don't know. I, I feel that DJ's inexperience, even though he's played in two games, started two games, then was obviously there the whole year last year. Um, I think that's really gonna show, and you're gonna see um you're gonna see some mishaps, we'll say, on the Clemson side. Um, kind of transitions into like what you were saying uh, regarding quarterbacks. You lose Trevor Lawrence, you lose ETN, you lose a number of offense key weapons. You do get back Justin Ross. Again, you don't trust anybody uh, with a Y in their name. And Justin, that's just odd. Uh, Fat Dante Culpepper, because I can't say his last name. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. It'll be exciting to watch. But, uh, you know, Larry, that's just my thoughts there.
0: Yeah, I want to complete the other side. Um, DJ's two starts last year, it was BC at home. He went 30 for 41 for 342, two touchdowns and no interceptions. Then he went to Notre Dame, he went 29 for 44 for 439 and two touchdowns. Those two games are more impressive than JT Daniels four games last year. JT Daniels four games last year, <clears throat> I mean, he went to South Carolina and went 10 for 16 with two touchdowns, and interception. They're just not impressive. Um, I mean, they beat Mississippi State, beat South Carolina, beat Missouri, um, but not impressive stats at all by JT Daniels. Uh, He also threw an interception against Cincinnati in the bowl game. Um, DJ didn't throw any interceptions, went on the road to South Bend and faced a way more experienced Notre Dame defense, defense and full team than anything JT Daniels did last year. Um, just is DJ's more impressive quarterback, he, he'll throw for over 300 yards, um, he'll throw the ball probably 40 times. I think Clemson's still mad um, about that loss last year in the playoff. Um, they're returning that whole defense, that defense is going to come out mad. Um, which I actually, I worry about JT Daniels. Um, if they get pressure on him early, um, you just hear those footsteps coming. I, unfortunately, that they have some health issues on Georgia. Um, some of his players aren't healthy, um, his weapons. Um, so I see that concern going the other way. Uh, we just seem to be on completely different sides here.
2: Couldn't agree more. Um, so just on that note, Larry actually texted me Saturday night. He sent me forward to me one of his texts from his buddies who listened to episode one, where I made fun of fat Dante Culpepper, DJ Ugalay. And he goes, Oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. It took me three minutes to clip up four plays, five plays and just show his pocket awareness, situational awareness, terrible. He threw a five-yard out play that resulted in 45 yards. There's 45 of those 300 whatever yards he had playing. He had a guy wide open by five steps and underthrew him. Almost the the DB caught up. The wide receiver had to come back to catch the ball. There's one of his touchdowns, one of his 50 yards. I don't think I don't see it in him. Uh, speaking to your injuries though, yeah, George Pickens, their wide receiver is going to be a first-round draft pick this year. Towards AC on the offense or in the offseason. Uh, they do have the weapons replaced. I just saw on Twitter about an hour ago. Their tight end is cleared to play. Uh, the issue here is the secondary for both teams. They're secondary. Clemson's undersized. Georgia's a little bit unproven. But when it comes down to it, you know, we're going to get a little Big Ten uh, promo in here. The punter is one of the best in the country. And speaking of that Cincinnati game, the kicker won that game. They were down a point. So it was not just like we either tie or we win. No, the kicker won that game for them uh, so he can hit under pressure. My pick, and then we'll move on to our next game. I like Georgia plus three, take it, love it. I couldn't really tell you on the total because, again, I could see some pick sixes. I could see, you know, some field position changes with, you know, DN come around the corner and knocking the ball loose. I, I, I don't have a play on the over-under. Again, it's at 51 and a half. Uh, but I will say, though, I am very, very confident in Georgia plus three. Larry, what your picks? Uh,
0: Clemson minus three. Uh, they come off and blow the doors out of Georgia. Um, they win this game by double digits. Um, I also i am taking over 51 and a half. Um, I could see some miscues in the secondary, to your point, a little bit, and maybe some sloppy ball control. Mm-hmm. Um I just think it's gonna be enough to go over 51 and a half. Um okay. Clemson I actually think both teams will score in the 20s. Um mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think 50, I just think the total is a little too low. Uh, okay.
1: No, that's fair.
2: Yeah. That's fair. So again, your picks bubs plus three, Georgia. Larry, minus three Clemson, and the over 51 and a half. I got no play on the total. Let's lock it in, baby. All right, game two. Game two, and then we'll kind of review our games for the week. Miami, Bama. I've been ranting and raving about this game for two months. Love this game when I saw it came out. Love the spring practices. Watch both teams spring practices. Love that people are coming back healthy. Uh, So, again, our good friends at Betfred at the time of this podcast have Miami at plus 18 and a half and the team total set at 61 and a half. Uh, This game is played at Mercedes Benz in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Larry, I'll let you start this one.
0: Yeah. So um, these teams haven't faced each other since 1993. It seemed wild when I saw that stat, but I guess it makes sense. Like the late '90s was Miami, early 2000 was Miami. The, they ran the show. Yep. I was kind of pre this Nick Saban dynasty. Um, so that that was the kind of thing that stuck out to me is that they have like they haven't ran into each other at all since 1993. I just seemed a little shocking, um, but I guess they just they dominated at different times in the last 30 years. Yep. Um, but with that said, um, Alabama's covered their last five neutral site opening games um, dating back to 2015. Um, I think Bama will dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, Miami's front seven is young, young and inexperienced. Um, I know Bama is; they're replacing O-linemen lineman. But those O-liners behind them are five-star recruits. They're just big boys. Like, they're NFL prospects year in, year out. Um, And it's Nick Saban versus Manny Diaz.
2: Yeah, so I'll give you that. That that is the one advantage, like, the huge advantage is Saban over Manny Diaz. Mentioned it in uh, episode one how I love Miami, but Manny Diaz, I could see being the reason why they don't, Get to the potential they need to be, or dear King injury, God forbid. But a couple things here. So, Bama has trouble with mobile quarterbacks. I always have. I know, you know, in college football, it's different because, you know, you rotate in and out players that go to the draft, they graduate college. But you think about the trouble with Bama, they've had with Manziel, Sean Watson, Cam Newton. Again, understand these are years past. They can't handle a mobile quarterback that can throw the ball. That's what Derrick King does. Regarding their running backs, Najee Harris, gone. I would consider him a top five Alabama running back of all time. Uh, He was just that good. He built for the position. They got this guy, Brian Robinson. He's been a four-year player, you know, gets his carries here and there. Uh, But it's going to be running back by committee. Um, The big thing, though, that is going to – you go from Steve Sarkeesian, who likes to get vertical with it, likes to keep points on the board, and now you have Bill O'Brien as your offense coordinator. Pro-style offense. I think that's really going to slow the game down, and that's going to be a benefit for Miami. I'll explain why here in a little bit. But uh, I mean, just those key factors. I got a couple more points, but I mean, right there, Larry, it's it's clearly pointing in one direction on which way this game's going
1: to go.
0: Uh, that's uh, Bill O'Brien, Belichick, coaching, coaching tree. So shout out Bill Belichick. I have no issues with him there under Saban. He'll be fine. Um, it is going to be. There will be a transition. They also lost three other offensive assistant coaches, Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically they're reloading their whole offense. Um, It's their mindset every year or every other year. Um, They have like five guys drafted in the first round and 10 or more guys in the first four rounds of the NFL draft every single year. I'm not a huge Bryce Young believer. But I, I, I think it's the trenches is the difference. If, if that front seven can't get any pressure on Bryce Young and he has all day, I think that's a huge concern. Um, True. I, I, I just don't see them getting to him. Um, I think Bill O'Brien, will, he, he'll do quick slants. He'll do those quick plays that just bread and butter, five yards, seven yards, go, go, go um they obviously they don't they lost waddle they lost smith um it's next guy up for them and i just don't think they'll have an issue um miami doesn't play well against ranked teams alabama does um it's just i mean miami lost <coughs> they lost games by an average of 21 points last year when they faced ranked appoint, opponents so um yeah i mean I, oh, go they, ahead they, King's coming back. I don't. I don't know how much you think King is running around week one against Bama. If they wanted to play a whole year, they're gonna they're gonna try to slow that down. Because I mean, a loss to Bama doesn't hurt Miami um, at all, really. It's more of a building block um, for them to see see Bama and then maybe go try to beat Clemson, but probably lose to them too.
2: All right. So a couple of things, you know, again, when the reference back to episode one, we talked about how Alabama is going back to like the team of years past, with like game managers at quarterback and the defense really cements the team itself. So Alabama on the defensive side of the ball, you got Malachi Moore, Josh Job, Jalen Armour Davis, Jordan battle, Will Anderson at defensive end. you do lose Patrick Sertain on defense at corner, uh, but they do have a good replacement for him. Um, I was actually reading a couple of reviews about, you know, the secondary, specifically the corners and heard really great things about Alabama on that side of the ball. But let's, if we flip it back, Miami returns 19 of their 22 starters and get a healthy Derek King. If Miami can get a running game going in between the tackles, just to kind of help free up Derek King to, you know, throw in some play action, some rollouts, whatnot. I think that's huge. Bama's got three new offensive linemen. That's something definitely worth a note. So my pick here, it's my lock of the week. Miami plus 18 and a half. I also like the under of 61 and a half uh, on this game too. Uh, Let me just make sure. Yeah, 61 and a half. So yes, Miami plus 18 and a half lock. I agree. Bama's probably going to win this game. But you give me 18 points, two touchdowns, and a field goal, and I still cover. I'm going to take that all day, especially with an unproven quarterback, new offensive coordinator, reset on the offense, and then you're facing a team that's returned 19 to 22 starters. Take it for what it is. Give me 18 and a half points. Lock it in, Larry. What do you got? Uh,
0: Bama minus 18 and a half. It is a huge number. I just think Bama Bama's gonna work them. They're gonna continue to work them and wear them down. Uh yeah youth depth uh program. Um it all matters. Bama Bama's just gonna win this game. Um Bryce Young's gonna be showing off showing off that million dollars he's already made. He's gotta prove it, prove he's worth it. Um come out come out here and uh, perform. Um pedal the medal here and uh Show you are Alabama.
2: And you have a play on the total?
0: I don't. I do not have a play on the total here. Um, that big number, uh, I didn't want to touch it.
2: Um, yep. Yep. It was high. So, yeah. Again, Bubs, Miami, Lock. It's my Lock of the week. Uh, Miami plus 18 and a half and the under 61 and a half. Larry, Bama minus 18 and a half. Good luck with that. We're on complete opposite sides of the board right now. Those are our two main games. Now we're just going to tell you the games that we like. And Larry, I got six games on top of the two that we just discussed that I can just do quick hitters on. Do you want me to go first, or would you like to kind of take the lead here?
0: Uh, you go. You go first. I did. I hit it first on team tolls last time, so uh, I'm going to give okay. you the rank here. It might actually, I might take a pick off or two if uh, they're on your board. Okay. Um, so okay. We'll see. We'll see, uh, see how I feel after hearing you talk
2: these out. All right. So first pick I have is uh, Minnesota – or excuse me, Ohio State at Minnesota. Total for the game is minus 13 and a half. That kind of threw me off. I hate that half point, That you know, that differential. I love Minnesota and their running game, what they can do in, in between the trenches. I don't think Ohio State's proven. Uh, obviously, their quarterback hasn't thrown a pass in D1 football new offense line. They do have great wide receivers. I'll give them that. So my pick is actually Minnesota first half plus seven and a half. I think they get off strong early, set the tone. I could see Ohio state, you know, towards the end of the game with the depth and whatnot coming back and, you know, making this a a bigger game, but Minnesota first half plus seven and a half. Next I have South Dakota at Kansas. And as you can see from the first episode, Uh, Kansas is 15 and a half point favorites and that should never, I should never say that in my entire, I should never mention that phrase when discussing college football is that Kansas 15 and a half point favorites. I'm taking South Dakota plus 15 and a half. Uh, Next I have Wisconsin or Penn state at Wisconsin. Uh, My pick of the big 10 to win it all. And I think Penn state's highly overrated James Franklin doesn't know what he's quite doing. Trace McSorley is not Penn state's quarterback, believe it or not. Sean Clifford's a wild card. Uh, I'll take Wisconsin minus four and a half at home season opener. Uh, I like what that's going there. Uh, Next, I have West Virginia at Maryland. Uh, Again, love the home team. And the home team's a dog, Maryland, plus three. Uh, Maryland's going to be one of my surprise teams at the Big Ten East. Big Ten is my specialty. I love to his little brother. I loved how they restacked the O-line. Um, again, West Virginia, I do think is going to be a good team. Wrote a review on them on bookiesbasement.com. Check it out. Uh, but, again, I have Maryland at home. And uh, my last two picks here are LSU at UCLA. Uh, I, I picked this probably during the game is when I locked this bet in. But uh, I had UCLA plus four. I'm sure that's probably changed by now uh, regardless. Miles Brennan, LSU quarterback out. I know the backup is very talented. I don't think people still have that Joe Burrow recency bias for LSU. Um, And I just don't think they have what it takes to put a, a full game together. UCLA proved it on both sides of the ball and special teams. Their quarterback had a poor performance and they still won by 34. Granted against Hawaii, I'll take UCLA plus four. And my last pick. Uh, Utah state at Washington state. I like Washington state minus 16 and a half mentioned in episode one, love their quarterback. No, they can put points on the board. And now looking at this outside of Kansas, I picked all home teams, Kansas is garbage. Uh, but anyways, those are my picks. Uh, we'll put them on the graphic, you know, be able to track them. We'll have the pot out Wednesday. Before we hear your picks, Larry, any, any of those you liked? Any of those that, that stuck out to you there? Yeah,
0: so I'm also on Wisconsin, minus four and a half. Penn okay. State was their pick. Um, Penn State stinks. Uh, okay. Clifford's wild. If Clifford gets hurt, they're screwed. Um, if Clifford doesn't get hurt, they're still screwed because they'll probably throw a <laughs> couple of exceptions. I would actually <clears throat> I would actually call that my lock of the week. Wisconsin, minus four and a half. I've actually seen it minus five some places, Um, so I actually think the line might move, but, uh, Penn State going to Wisconsin. Um, I, I mean, Wisconsin's refreshed, rejuvenated. Um, they should be a little pissed how they got, how their hand was dealt last year. Um, so, I mean, I like Wisconsin by a touchdown or more. Um, and that's, that's probably my lock. Um, also we both were also on the Wisconsin team total over, um, So I, am on that, on that with you,
2: um, fully I'm on very Ohio- often, but when we do their winners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, i I'm, I'm, I, I felt like I saw Wisconsin minus four and a half Penn state coming to them. Um, they're going to control the clock. It's probably going to be a punt fest, but I just think Wisconsin will make less mistakes. They'll control the clock better and they win this game by a touchdown pretty easily. Um, so okay. lock, lock that one in for the week that okay. that's block um i'm taking ohio state minus 13 and a half um they're they're just a wagon um like bob said this might be a good game for the first quarter um first half i, I mean first might be a good game in the first quarter um <laughs> <laughs> uh ohio state like they're they're a wagon uh they are going to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is running back very good. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, Bubs talked about him as a dark horse been pick, which is a little crazy, but um, he's good. Um, but, I mean, I'll take I'll take CJ Stroud. It's his first start at Minnesota. I mean, this is a Big Ten game. It's actually a pretty awesome game to get Thursday night. Um, yeah. Everybody will be watching this game. Um, Ohio State ran for 257 rushing yards per game last year. And they're getting one of those backs back, which I love, Master Teague, the third. He's got a great name. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. But they also
0: have Cherry on Henderson. We talked about Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, my buddy, who's a diehard Ohio State fan, he compared him to fucking DK Metcalf. Um, which That's I don't wild. know. I don't know. It might be a little, little much, but he is 6'3. He looks, he's very big. Yep. Um, and I mean, they, they, they have the top receiver, uh, Chris Enclave t- still, um,
1: I just think that Ohio
0: state, they have a lot of weapons around Stroud. Um, so I just think by, by the second half and by that fourth quarter, they're just running up and down the field like they normally do. And it's what we see out of them. Uh, Minnesota hasn't beat them since 2000. Um, I mean, Been a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ohio State by two touchdowns. Um, okay. Then moving on, I don't know, you might not be a fan of this pick, but I know you're a fan of the team. Um, Indiana plus three. I'm taking Indiana plus three at Iowa. Um, I'm hoping that Michael Penix Jr., he, they got, they, I think he can stay healthy for this game. Um was a tough place to start, but Indiana, I think they're still riding high on how well they played last year. Yeah. I think you can roll some of that momentum into this game at Iowa. Um, I just saw Indiana plus three um, and liked it. Um, It, Even if Iowa wins, I think it's like a one-point game, maybe a two-point game.
2: 21-20, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Big Ten. Like, that's what I'm expecting I mean, you, you never know. You could see a safety and the team wins by two or missed extra points. Like, um, so I'm taking
2: Indiana plus three. Uh, I looked at that game and I saw the value. So I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but I can't bet against Iowa. It's just one thing I won't do. I just can't do it. So I'm glad you brought that game up. I like the value in that pick, but I just can't put it in me to, to bet against Iowa. But go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, I that that's really all I had on it. It's just the value. Um, okay. I mean, Penix is good. Yes, he um, is. I, I do know I know uh Petrie's agent now, so he might be on the pot eventually. Um <laughs> uh next pick I have uh this is a Sunbelt pick. I couldn't pick Coastal this week because I couldn't find a line on Citadel Thursday night. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably like five touchdowns. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I wanna stay away from that. But this is it's Louisiana Lafayette. They're getting plus eight. They're La going Fouette? to Louisiana Lafayette, raging Cajuns. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm Lafayette wrong. Um yeah. might have to double check that. Uh but like, we'll just go with the raging Cajuns. Um they're in the like Sunbelt. They win the Sun Belt West every year. Yeah. Um, they went to Iowa and beat Iowa last year, so they're no stranger to going, going on the road and winning
2: week one. Iowa State, um, by the way, not Iowa.
0: Yeah, sorry, Iowa State. So they yep, they yep. went to Iowa State. I think they beat them by seventeen points on the it, road. It was a beatdown. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, who does who does Lafayette play again?
0: Texas. They're at Texas. Texas. Okay, okay, okay. So they're getting eight plus eight okay. plus the play. Um, it is Starkeesian. so it's Starkeesian. First game. Um, it's, (laughs) I was tempted to take the money line here because Louisiana, Lafayette, the Asian Cajuns, they're returning their whole team. Um, they were co champs of the Sun Belt last year. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't play Coastal in the championship because of COVID issues. Uh, that game, so they were co champs. Um, but Billy Napier is 21 and 3 in his last 24 games. He's returning everyone. Um, Hudson Card beat out Casey Thompson, I believe is what I'm hearing, for the starting quarterback role. Okay. Um, so if um, the Rage Cajuns can get to him early and often, um, I think Texas is going to have trouble with a very experienced team yep. that is there every – they won the Sun Belt West three years in a row. Yep. Um, they've only lost three games in the last 24. Um yeah,
2: I mean, well, I, I, I just like the value of Air Plus 8. Um, right? I, no, uh, Texas isn't proven. These teams, if you think like 10 years ago, like no one would talk about like ULL or Coastal Carolina. You know, I think Boise State really started it by like saying, hey, we're a non-Power 5, we can compete. I think other schools kind of picked up on that. And now you, you run into a team like University of Louisiana, Lafayette. Um, they're no joke kind of with the stats that you just said there, and you can't just brush those teams under the radar anymore. So, great pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, so their quarterback's coming back. Levi Lewis, he's he's leading the offense. I mean, they were ranked 29th in points last year. Um, Texas wasn't very good last year. Um, Ellinger's gone, but, like, even with Ellinger, they weren't very good. Um, so, I'm, I'm just taking experience here and points. Uh, Louisiana's not that far of a trip for uh, – or Texas not that far of a trip for – experienced team to go either so um taking the value here um i'm also so this is another pick that we're both on ucla plus three and a half is also what i saw them at today okay Uh, i think that they played last saturday is a huge benefit um yep they didn't blow anyone's minds but if they can get that i mean lsu has to go to the rose bowl um, I believe this is a Saturday night game. I think it's a 7 p.m. Um, and I actually think I think Hurricane Ida shuffled everything up in Louisiana.
2: Um, yeah, 7.30 Central.
0: Yeah, so um, <laughs> UCLA having played a week, yep. um, they're going to be ready to go. I was very tempted to take UCLA on the money line, but I prefer to take the three and a half because that's a way smarter play. Um, So I'm also on them. Um, And then my last pick is a late-night fun pick. I love Nevada. They probably burned me multiple times last year. I love (laughs) Carson Strong. I love their receiver, Romeo, Dubes. Um, (laughs) Dubes. He's nasty. He's he's huge. Uh, Carson Strong just throws the ball up to him. He goes and catches it. They're at Cal... I think it's a 10 p.m. start. Um, Nevada's catching three and a half. They've actually been practicing at Stanford. They had to get moved out of Nevada because of air quality. Um, Damn. They're already in California. Um, I'm taking the experience. I love Carson Sean to dobes again. Um, plus three and a half late night play. I'll probably be on the over two. Um, okay. I just need to hit a bet earlier in the day to, to <laughs> roll that over.
2: Yeah. yeah. So just to recap there. I mean, obviously we'll put our picks out, list them out so you all can see them. Uh we'll be posting on we're now have TikTok. Uh we got our Instagram, we have Twitter. Uh it's all in our link tree. We have our YouTube channel, uh, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we got it. But let me just call something out here with the University of Louisiana Lafayette pick, Larry and I quote said, I'll take the experience and the points, you know, any day of the week. He's also, this is the same guy who's taking Alabama, who's losing half their team and favored by 19 points. So just want to <laughs> throw that out
0: there. Everett's situation <laughs> Texas is not Alabama. <laughs> Uh, I did have one bonus pick. I don't know. All right. All right. I don't know if I'm going to play it yet. It's more of a shout out. White Sox Dave. I saw Northwestern minus three at home. Um, and I was very tempted to take it. Um, I'll probably end up throwing it on my card. Um, I just have to figure out who they're playing.
2: Michigan state, I think. Okay. I I could be wrong. That's just off the top. Oh, that sounds, that sounds right um
0: but shout out white Sox dave his interview is awesome um oh yeah he talked the purple and black stick a night i think it's a night game at northwest they're still trying to figure out what time that game is
2: yeah me too um but yes awesome interview with uh white Sox dave we actually talked a little bit about baseball it's september you know it's the the dog days of summer we're heating up to a playoff race his team's first place they're gonna make the playoffs It was great and also just great insight about how he got to where he is today, his love for sports in general. Um, Frank the tank again. he has been doing cameos all day. Uh, He's busy man. So a little tired, but we had an interesting little bit with him to uh, end our interview with him. So both great interviews. Uh, Larry, did you get that Northwestern game? I'm looking real quick here.
0: Yeah. So Friday night game. Friday night at no- Michigan State at Northwestern, nine o'clock ESPN game. Lock it in. Northwestern minus three. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're wearing black and all black purple. Um, be nuts. You guys talked me in. Like it's right on their stadium's right on the water, so like the wind okay. could be. And um, so yeah, lock, lock in Northwestern minus three. I I don't. That's the only action I have Friday night. I actually thought you would be on. I took it off my card because I thought you would be on. Uh, Virginia Tech, plus five and a half.
2: Um, I like the pick. I saw it. Yeah. I mean, again, I need to see them play a game. I need to watch some tape. They were one of my dark horses, I guess you could say, to win the ACC, even though I have Miami. I do really like them. I think they're a great team. Very underrated, but uh, definitely one to look out for.
0: It's a weird start. UNC at Virginia Tech, 6 p.m. Friday night. It's yeah. Been, uh, kind of a weird time. Yeah. Um, But I I thought you would be on them, so I just wanted to throw that game out there, too, because that's a Friday night game also.
2: For sure. Well, hey, again, this pod's going to be dropping Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll have our promo code to share with y'all to get great deals of Betfred. Again, if you live in the state of Iowa, Pennsylvania, Nevada, or Colorado, sign up for Betfred Sports. Uh, This also, we got to shout out Bookie's Basement. This is where we all started from. Uh, the Follow them on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, they also have a YouTube channel, but again, two great interviews. Week zero in the books. Both Larry and I are in the win column two and one, three and one got winners on deck. My lock of the week, Miami plus 18 and a half Larry's lock of the week, Wisconsin minus four and a half, both great picks. We'll have the rest of the picks laid out for the listener, but Larry, any further words before we move to the interview?
0: No, just, I mean, enjoy Saturday, maybe get in a hot tub, maybe drink a couple beers Saturday morning. Um, college football is back. we got a full slate. Um, but yeah, no, enjoy White Sox Dave and Frank the Tank. I mean, really appreciate those guys coming on and talk to us. Um, so enjoy those interviews, but uh, yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, we got huge games on deck for week one. Like we're all the way back.
2: Yeah. Without further ado, let's switch over to the interview.
1: Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, I don't have much time. I'm doing a lot of fucking cameos all the time. (laughs) (sighs) My cameos are going crazy. Okay, so on that note, I want to promote your
2: stuff real quick. So. Number one book, Frank the Tank, on Cameo. Uh, You have some podcasts, right?
1: Yep. Allow me to be frank. The units with uh, the
2: Coach Dubs. Yep. Uh, Subscribe to your YouTube channel, because I know we're trying to hit 100K. Have we
1: hit 100K yet? Uh, I'm trying to. Well, right now, I'm uh, inching close to 21,000. Oh, okay. Well, hey, still, that's 21,000 people. That's crazy. Yes.
2: Awesome. And then... Raw dog in which we're going to talk about at the end of the show today, uh, but that's always something I look forward to on a daily basis. That makes my day. Um, so let's hop right into it. Frank, we don't want to take too much of your time. We want to get right to the point. Uh, that my name's Bubs. This is...
0: I'm Larry. What's up, Tank? How we doing?
2: I'm doing all right. Good, good, good. Uh, so we do a college football podcast, but we also interview different people. We had the bear on our first week uh, from college game day. We have White Sox Dave. He's coming on Thursday. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. I was very excited when you agreed to hop on here. So again, thank you. Uh, let's hop right into it. So my first thing is, is Frank, were you born in Montana and then moved to Jersey? Or do your folks just live there?
1: My, uh, I was born in Montana and moved to New Jersey. My, parent, my father was in, is from New Jersey okay was serving in the air force at the time
2: oh okay that makes sense that makes sense um you know your infamous moment you know being on the news getting you know getting getting nationwide recognition uh you know going to the mets opening game can you talk to me what it was about you know going to that barstool sports transition you know
1: well it's been it's it's been uh terrific uh you know they got a lot of creative people there and uh I'm trying to come up with more ideas and new different things to do. Uh all the yeah. soda reviews, you know. It seems yeah. I'm starting to come close to running out of soda reviews. I guess I'm gonna have to find more sodas to uh review.
0: Yo, yeah. Have you got the request for uh Fox and Hill from uh Connecticut?
1: I've got some Fox and Hill sodas, yes.
0: But very good soda. They sell them in all the pizza places, uh New Haven.
1: Yeah, I got quite a few of those. I've tried.
2: Okay, okay.
1: Um, so hey, while
2: you're at Barstool Sports, can you tell me what's been your favorite moment while you've been there? I know it might be tough, but what's been your favorite moment at Barstool Sports?
1: Mm. Uh, Jose Kinsenko's reaction to me.
2: <laughs> He's a chump. We know that, right? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then who who is your favorite person to work with at Barstool uh, I
1: don't like going, yeah, giving favorites and. In-
2: Oh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Larry, you had a question though, that we were talking about
1: earlier.
0: Uh, yeah, no. So I saw you, are a Mount Claire state alum. Yes. Who, who in your eyes is the most notable alumni from, uh, your university?
1: Well, in the sports world, I got three. Carol Blazowski, uh, professional basketball hall of famer. Um. Sam Mills, who could be in the NFL Hall of Fame, legendary Saint, played for the Panthers. And Desard uh, is Telestrator Mike Fratello. You're
0: not know, am going to mention Yogi Bear. You hate the Yankees that much. Well,
1: <laughs> he only got an honorary degree. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and, uh, he didn't go to college yeah. here. The, the, uh, the, He has his museum on the, uh, on the campus. He's donated to the can to the college. He has, uh, the baseball stadium on my State is Yogi Berra stadium. When you said alumni, I was thinking people who actually graduated. Well, that's fair. College. No, not people with honorary degrees. (laughs) Right. Right. So first,
2: I mean, on a positive note, congrats on the Mets win today. (laughs) <laughs> frank i'm with you when it comes to you versus kfc i'm on your side i want you to know that right i am a cubs fan javi had two doubles
1: for you what's your thoughts on javi well he played good today yep. but before that uh, he had one good game in like five really shitty games with the nets <laughs> i mean really shitty games
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm very used to it. he'll have One electric play and then do, you know, three dumb things there.
1: I mean, there was a game where they lost, where they left 16 runners on base, lost to the Marlins. And uh, Javi Baez uh, had uh, had the uh, five strikeouts on 15 (laughs) pitches. None of them were uh, your home plate.
2: Yep. Yep. I remember. I remember. Um, before we hop into college football though, Larry, do you have any other questions just about Frank and, you know, you know, what, what he does?
0: Uh, I, I don't at this time.
1: Uh, All right.
2: So, so Frank, we know you're a Mets fan. I know you're a Dolphins fan. Who's your college football team?
1: Notre Dame.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. How, uh, how did, can I ask how you got to Notre Dame or like-
1: well, I, one time I actually, uh, was not an Notre Dame fan. I I kind of was a Hurricane fan because of the connection, Miami, Miami. Yeah. Oh. But, you okay. know, I grew up and I got sick of kind of the uh, like flaunting of the rules.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The teams, <laughs> the '90s teams. You yeah. Know. That's one. That's one way to say it.
1: <laughs> and I'm Irish Catholic, so I'm well rooting for Notre Dame. Hey. I mean, Rutgers is always garbage. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you had the one
2: year with Ray Rice and Greg Ciano, but then otherwise, yeah, I can't think of really much thereafter. That was when they were in the Big East, right? Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. And now they're pretty much getting smacked around in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, they, um, they lose by uh, 60, 60 or more every time they go against Ohio State. Yeah. We, um, so Larry's a a northeastern guy. He's
2: from Boston. I'm from Iowa, so I'm all about the Big Ten. Talk about Rutgers.
1: You know, we we well. Did you have something to say there, Frank? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, it just it just every time they play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and they try to be they try to claim a rivalry with Penn State, but that's like the nail trying to claim a rivalry with the hammer. <laughs>
2: It's a good line. I like it, Larry. What you got? Uh,
0: I you think Notre Dame's going to join the Big Ten here? No, no, no. Even with the Super Conference
1: Colin? Notre Dame will go to the ACC. Oh, okay, okay. They're in the ACC in basketball. They yep. participated in the ACC last year. Yep. They're yep. going to go to the ACC if they go to ever go to a conference.
2: Fair, fair, fair question.
1: Um,
2: so on uh, that note, who, I mean, you're a Notre Dame fan. Are you going to put your fandom out there and say Notre Dame has a shot for the playoff this year? Or
1: who do you think? It's going to be difficult for them to get in the playoffs this year. Uh, yeah. With a lot of graduations last year. But, you know, yeah. they're always in contention. They're always a top 10 team. They always seem to get a yep. good ball game. they always seem to go, you no know, worse than eight and four. Right, right. I mean, everyone tried to kill him over last year uh, against um, Alabama. Yeah, Ohio State played the same Alabama team and lost even worse a week later. Right, right. So, don't tell me Notre Dame didn't belong in the the final four. I mean, they
0: absolutely did. They beat Clemson and then lost to Clemson,
1: but
0: (laughs) Clemson's one of the best teams in the country every year.
1: Yeah. Notre Dame was one of the four best teams in the country last year. Absolutely. Hands down. I mean, they couldn't beat Alabama, but nobody could beat Alabama. True.
2: Do you have some Alabama love because of Tua and the Dolphins? No. No? No? <laughs> no. Okay. None okay. Uh, so who's your prediction? Like, who, who do you like this year? Who do you think, you know, is, is going to pull it off? I don't want to put you on the spot here because I know you're more of a, a baseball NFL guy, but just off the top of your head. It's going to be a wide
1: open year, I think, this year. Right. I don't think there's a real true front runner to your point. No. Right. Which means Alabama is going to figure it out and they're going to win it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: Uh, Larry. So okay. I have to – for my last part, because, Frank, I know we don't want to take too much of your time. Larry, I'm going to let you ask a question. I'm going to be right back in two seconds because, Frank, I have something for you I want to get your thoughts on. So be right All back right. in two seconds.
0: Do you like do you like Flores? I'm a, I'm, a page, I'm a diehard Patriots fan. I love Brian I Flores. I think uh, Brian
1: Flores uh, is an excellent coach.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, he's going to build that team, right? I, unfortunately, I, I don't think two is the guy. Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't
1: know about Tua yet either, but all I know is I'm glad they worked after uh, Xavier Howard and that they they, uh, gave him a contract that made him happy. Did you
0: get to watch any of the game yesterday or the other day? No. The kid Waddle, the receiver Waddle from Alabama, he looked looked pretty good. He's
2: fast. All right, so, Frank, you do raw dogging, right? Yep. No ketchup, no nothing on the hot dog. Sorry, I'm out of breath. When I was a kid, we did true raw dogging right out of the package. Can you tell me that you've ever done that before? Ready? No. <laughs> no.
1: No. It's it's pretty good. You have to cook it at least. I mean, if you get it right out of the fridge. No. It has to be cooked. <laughs> So never will happen in Frank's crew. Never will happen. Would now, you rather? I could do it. I could do it without the bun. I can go without the bun. Yeah, but it has to be cooked. Would you rather? What's the?
2: Oh, I forgot. There was a soda, the one ranch soda, right? Oof. Would Oof. you rather drink a bottle of ranch soda or eat a raw hot dog?
1: Raw hot dog. See,
2: I love it. I love
0: it. Yogurt, yogurt soda, and hummus.
2: Oof, oof. Never
1: good, never good.
0: It's got to be the raw hot dog over those
2: uh, things. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Frank, I mean, Larry, do you have any other questions for Frank? No,
0: I really appreciate it, Frank. Appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us. Uh, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I'm putting the nail in the coffin for the Red Sox. Just Imagine Red Sox have
1: basically been the same team the last month.
0: Brutal. They dominated the first half of the season, and now – they lost. The Red Sox lost ten to one to the Rangers yesterday, and it's Oof. gross. Gross. <laughs> Oof. I feel. I feel your pain. Can I ask a question?
1: Uh, I, uh, as someone just watching the game, I was embarrassed watching it. You're losing to the Yankees five to one. You had uh, one out in the ninth inning, and then someone hits, I forgot who hit the homer. Hit the homer, so now you're down five to two. You're down five to two. You're about to get swept by the Yankees, swept in the series, swept in a doubleheader. You're down five to two. You hit a meaningless home run. It only made it five to two from five to one. It was clear you're not going to come back and win this game. And the guy jumps in the hot laundry basket, and they push him around in the, in the dugouts. <laughs> down five to two in the ninth inning. Gotta have,
0: gotta believe in something, I guess. But that I mean,
1: didn't, I, no, that was embarrassing. <laughs> something uh, yeah. that Pete Alonzo would do. <laughs> I mean, if you tied a game, you hit a game uh, a go-ahead homer by any means, jump in the, jump in the laundry cart and and uh, get pushed around. <laughs> but down five to two, it looked embarrassing.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, the Yankees just moved in front of us in the wild card race too. It, yeah, pretty embarrassing. I, you're absolutely right there yeah I'm right I'll put I'll put the nail in the coffin I, I'll console console the red sox season
1: meanwhile the Yankees just uh, the Yankee uh, how did the Yankees uh, all year the, 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 dead team walking and all of a sudden they, they, they just find the right two players and then boom it makes no sense I don't get it either <laughs> well they're of course pitch. of course and- you can't count what they're doing against the twins the did the, 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 they can literally take uh the Toms River little league team Put them in uh, pinstripes and uh, go against the Twins, and the Twins would probably still lose by five runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, thank you, man. Again, subscribe. I I, I, mean, I, don't know what the exact number is, but they said, like, over the last 25 years, oh, the Yankees have won, uh, like, uh, more than 80% of the meetings against the Twins. Including yeah, playoffs.
2: It was like 106 to 25 or something like that. Uh, their last, like you said, Frank, well, we're so,
1: so it's, it's, it's over, this is over a 20 year period. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like 106 and 25. Yeah. Which it's is crazy. like, I think that's at least 80%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 106 and 25. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, Frank, when we
2: get the pod out, we'll make sure to tag you, you know, the bookies basement. That's who we're with. Uh, we all sent right. you that uh, Noah Syndergaard card, the the thick one. Yep. Yep. So appreciate you. Uh, you know, anything I get Mets related, I'm sending to you because I know you're going to appreciate it more than any person on this, the face of the earth. All right. Uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah, for sure. And encourage all of our listeners to do the same, but Frank, uh subscribe to his youtube watch raw Doggin, even though he won't have a real raw dog (laughs) (laughs) um allow me to be frank podcast and then again you know this is the tub club frank thank you so much for taking the time to speak with the both of us it was truly a pleasure
1: all right well i'll see you around
0: What a fucking! Oh, guy. there we go.
2: See, what a fucking guy. <laughs> all Good right. Man. So, welcome, White Sox Dave. Uh, for all of our listeners at the Tub Club, you know, if you haven't already, subscribe to Everything Barstool Chicago. My favorite thing, personally, is a snake draft. Dave, I'll be honest. I look at the description for the, you know, when they drop every Monday, and if you're not on there, sometimes I don't listen. You might want to tell Red Ed that
3: yeah i mean i it's understandable i put asses in seats you know <laughs> it's true People it's true like crazy about the snake draft they take it very personal and very serious so oh it's kind of funny to me because it's such a like the only reason we did that is because the dog walks of daily show obviously comes out monday through friday yeah and when the pandemic started last year i like we we were used to interviewing like garbage so we wanted to style it like joe rogan yeah. and very conversational like but with not insanely famous people like Joe Rogan does just with everyday people, like all walks of earth. And so like, if you listen to the early episodes, we were interviewing like garbage men, yeah. um, high rise window washers, like shit like that. And um, obviously we couldn't do that. We couldn't have people in the office and everything. So right. one day we were like, let's I think it was MTV shows. We just decided to do a draft. I don't have any idea why, but it's because we needed to put an episode out. Right. And did two of them in one week. And like our higher ups so was like, "Yo, these are like stupid, like do one of them a week for now because we understand you have to do something. Yeah. But like don't do two a week. And then all of a sudden, like three, four months later, they're, it's by far a biggest show. It's crazy. It's, so it's way
0: it's I used to love the Mount Rushmore's that PMT da, did, but I, the snake
3: draft, it's way better than those were, to be honest. I don't That's that's what we kind of ripped off the, it was the, P, or the P, uh, Mount Rushmore's. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about your life here, but I mean,
2: since we're on the topic of snake draft, what's your favorite one? Who's your favorite guest that you've had on?
3: Um, Rico's always really good. I mean, everybody's like uh, Whitney was really funny. Whitney's great cause he's such a douchebag, And I mean that in a good way, but, um, <laughs> I would say the favorite one we did is probably the music videos with Rome. We were out in New York City, so we were with them. We didn't have to do it over Zoom. Got you. And, uh, it's always better in person, you know. You get, you know, face-to-face interaction. So I would say that one or the one we did with Winnie the Divas draft. <laughs> love it. Love, love it. it. The
0: one, I, I think it's hilarious to see when you guys were going and, like, you brought on Dana Beers for, like, craft beers. And Dana Dana Beers had no idea what a fucking craft beer was. Yeah, you
3: said something like, uh, I think he <laughs> said Tim Adams. Was it craft beer? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> they sell that all across the country, man. Yo, it doesn't
1: the,
0: count. <laughs> yo, the, the Pipeworks beer, the King Sioux, is that based off
3: the T-Rex named Sioux? I have no idea. I don't think I've heard of that. That's a craft beer?
0: Uh, uh, I think it's Pipeworks out of Chicago. Um, they're like IPA is a King Sioux. They also have a sudo Sioux. I'm sure uh, it is, then. I've, I don't know if I, I know Pipeworks. I think it's Pipeworks, but I'm, it's a fantastic IPA. It's, it's called King Sue, and it has a T-Rex on there. I know you guys were just talking about that on Monday, so I figured it had to be related to the T-Rex named Sue.
3: Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, I mean, it is a local brewery. I can't believe I've never heard of it before. Uh, I mean, we got I, a million of these little local places. This one's kind of out there a little bit. Like out there, distance wise, I mean, yeah. So that's probably why I haven't heard of it. I'm not a big craft beer guy, anyways. Um, so great tasting, yeah.
2: less feeling Miller Lights, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Every day, that's right. So Dave, let's 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 hop back. Let's rewind a little bit. Um, you know, obviously White Sox, Dave is your name. Baseball is your thing. You do a great job at covering the socks. When you were growing up, was baseball always your thing, or did
3: you have other oh, sports yeah. that you, um, you know? looked around at or yeah it was baseball football my whole life i never played basketball never played it was always baseball football all through i played baseball through college and high school through football but uh yeah baseball is my like one true love i guess you can put it it's i live and breathe it i try to learn as much every day try to surround myself with as many baseball minds as possible and uh I wanted to get into like base, like working in baseball. Once I knew I wasn't good enough to play it my whole life. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple opportunities with a couple different pro organizations that I had, but the money was not there. And, uh, but I fell into this job and, and I obviously love it. I get to talk about baseball and that's, you know, that's all I want is to be in baseball in some capacity.
2: Yeah, and that's really all we're trying to do here, too. I mean, kind of similar is, like, we love college football more than anything. My dream is to be able to someday quit my day job like you guys have and just do this full-time. Like, can you talk about how awesome it is just to, like
3: – is this, like, your dream, like, your dream job, like, doing Yeah, it? I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to lie and say it was my dream job because, we're, like I said, I wanted to – once I knew I was done playing baseball, my dream job was to get into the, uh, like, talent – Yeah. Scouting side of baseball. Yeah. And um, so that was like all I wanted to do my whole life. But then I mean, I I would never in a million years say like this is a bad consolation prize because it's not, (laughs) I have a great job, I love it. Right. And um but yeah, it's it's like I I wake up every morning realizing how lucky I am. That's awesome. I'll never take that for granted. That's awesome. Um, you know, speaking of scouting.
2: Can we talk about your college coach? You were a catcher recruited as a catcher.
3: Correct me if I'm yes. wrong, but yes. he had you pitching. What the hell? So this is how it went. So I was recruited. I had an awesome junior year of high school where I got invited to this big showcase. It's, it's called the Stevenson showcase. It's a high school in the suburbs of Chicago yeah. and all the conferences in, in Chicago land, all the way like out West towards Iowa, um, you know, northern suburbs, southern south, uh, southern suburbs, all the conferences in Illinois, northern Illinois, because I know they do one down south too, towards St. Louis. But northern Illinois, they take the best players from each team in each conference and form the conference forms a team, and you go and play other conferences. Okay. And there's scouts from you know New York Yankees all the way through JUCO's in Division III. Okay. and Division Three. And I started getting some Division One love, like uh, Missouri. Uh, had me come out to their camp, Purdue. I went out to their camp okay. and um, Northern Illinois went to their camp and they all said the same thing you can throw, but you can't hit for your life. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna play I knew at that point I was like not playing professionally, which was I was content with. Yeah Even though I didn't like it. I was I just realized that's how it works. And um, so North Central recruit started recruiting me in a bunch of the good Division three programs. Mm-hmm. And their, uh, their head coach, their, my senior year of high school, they got in trouble when I, after like I had already done all the room and board, all signed up for classes and everything. They got in trouble for a hazing incident. So yeah. the whole coaching staff, they recruited me, got fired that summer in oh. my freshman year of, of college. And then I get to North Central. Um, the, the head coach, I was just, fall ball had not started yet. It was our first couple of days. And we went out to the baseball field and we're just throwing and like getting acclimated with each other. It wasn't like an official practice. And I threw a bullpen and I was 86, 87, which for D3 is good. Yeah. not Great, but good. Um, And he's like, did you pitch? I'm like, no, not at all. It's I I haven't pitched since I was a sophomore. I didn't pitch one single pitch on varsity baseball. I was catcher. And um, he's like, all right, well, we're going to have you pitch this year. He was like stunned that I could throw that hard. And I was only about a buck eighty at the time. Now I'm 205, but right um I was like five seven, a buck eighty, you know, slinging it harder than anybody else on the team. And so he had me, he had me pitch a bunch, but I was just wild. I did no idea where the ball was going. I had no idea, you know, how to mix it up at all because I hadn't pitched in forever. And um, then we brought in a transfer from St. Louis University to catch, even though like they didn't, they had me playing outfield at this time too, which was just stupid because I was <laughs> <laughs> I was. That's what I was good at was catching. That was all that I was good at was catching. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then I got in trouble with like a fake ID when I was a junior, and <laughs> I got into it with the coach. And I'm like, it's North Central Division three baseball. I'm done with this. Right. So then I started going in. I formed my own travel program after college. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to like all the high school showcases, recruit kids on my own, develop good network of different scouts through colleges and professionally. And, um, that's like, so then after a couple of years of doing that, the, the, Brewers offered me a scouting position and then the Braves offered me a scouting position, wow. but it was only for like 24 grand or something. Right. And more central, I had all the student loans cause there's a private school. Yep. And, uh, they're like, I, I just could not do it. I couldn't afford to live with those loans and that yeah. salary, So I had to go and work, got introduced to Barstool in college. I had my own blog going yep. and, uh, that's kind of the rest is history after that i we hustled around started redline radio they hired us full time and now barstool's exploded in the last few years oh yeah and barstool chicago
2: too on top of that like i remember listening to redline radio back in the day like you guys have always stuck together been a good solid group you guys have good banter like it's it's literally probably one of the first things i listen to especially being an iowa guy it's it's good to have that midwest presence like kind of just to hear your guys' thoughts, you know, impressions, so on and so forth.
3: Appreciate I mean, that. You're,
0: you're a fucking great entertainer. Like, Cowboy cowboy Dave made Surviving Barstool so much better. Yes.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because, like, the real me, I, like, tonight I'm going to sit on my couch with the dog and watch TV and, and talk to nobody and do nothing. And I yeah. can't wait to do that. Um and people think that's, like, how I really am, and it bleeds it, because, like, when I talk baseball, I try to be as serious as possible. Obviously, like, on Twitter, you'll throw in jokes and shit, but, right, Um, but when I talk baseball, like, I want people to realize I actually know what I'm talking about, and, and people that are important hold my baseball opinion in high regard, and that, like, my baseball opinion's all been formulated over years and years of talking to actual professionals be it like in the you know White Sox front office I'm I'm really tight with the White Sox uh director of scouting now Nick Hostetler um Mm -hmm. lower level scouts in the White Sox and other organizations like I'm constantly talking to those and agents too like they help me out so like when I'm talking baseball that's completely different from like all the cowboy shit people see and they think that that guy's just this big drunk idiot (laughs) which is fair you know (laughs) <laughs> but it's different when I'm talking baseball if that makes sense. Yeah, because I, like, I know in real life I'm boring because <laughs> I am. So I gotta like you know do something overzealous, like the cowboy shit because people like that. So I gotta kind of like turn that on and off. But yeah. yeah, and
2: in your two most recent videos, I'll just break them down like the Northwestern video when you went there pitching, how you talked about yep. spin rate. And how like the tack, uh, how that really impacts the baseball. Like it felt like the ball was velcro to your hand. It was so weird. That's see, and that's the, that's the type of stuff where I can see like the seriousness of your baseball. Like when you were checking spin rates, you were checking locations. Like, like you could really like kind of break down and the guy you were with, the Northwestern
3: coach. Mm-hmm. Like the technology in baseball. Oh, it's, it's wild. It's over the like, we had nothing like that. They have that at North Central now. Yeah, like okay. When we, when I was at North Central, prior to games, we were handed like a one, like, you know, printer paper, a, a scouting report, yeah. then like, oh, uh, pitch this guy, curveballs, blown away, you know, lost people yeah, yeah. blown away, like stuff like that. Now it's all measured and gone, going into one centralized database where yeah. it tells you exactly what to do to any hitter on the planet or pitcher on the planet. Right. Vice versa. It's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and that's only, I mean, I've been out of college for 10 years now it's like, might as well be a hundred years, you know? Right. Right. And then um, what was it like, you know,
2: obviously again, being an Iowa guy, I've been to the field of dreams probably 10 times. Right. How cool was that experience? Just,
3: I'll let you, I'll let you talk. It was so I, I mean, I liked the movie. I love the movie. Great movie. Um, When we were doing the game, I was like, I didn't realize like until I got there, mm-hmm. that's when it hit me. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like
3: Kevin Costner was in that house, you know? Yeah. Um, Ray Liotta, all these like really, really famous people. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got the chills, but like all leading up to it, I just I'm like, all right, yeah, this will be kind of fun, you know. Yeah. But um, like the game itself, it, it was the most fun I've had at Barstool. Oh, yeah. That one single day. It was it was just unbelievable. There was and I I played in the game, I had one at bat. Um, he's great at that. Yeah, kind of, he was throwing shit up there. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I didn't strike out, but like, and I, I was saying like, that was the most nervous I've ever been for net bat in my life. But, um, <laughs> the, like, that's probably the last time I'll ever play a baseball game. And so it was kind of sad, but it was like a perfect send off, If that makes oh, yeah. sense. It was like, you know, a really competitive game. Like the, the players out there were all awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody out there was throwing 85, 87. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of former, you know, pro guys and everything. And it was, it was perfect. It was a perfect day. That's awesome. Larry, I mean, you have I some f- questions
2: about uh, the state of like modern baseball, though, that we were talking about earlier?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, how was watching the White Sox beat the Yankees
3: a couple weeks later? That had to be unreal. Yeah, this, this is like, like all these loser Yankees fans have been coming <laughs> at me. And all I said, this is back in like February or March. I was, I was watching, it was spring training. Um, I was watching the Yankees play a spring training game. I don't know against who, I don't know what happened, but um, I'm, I'm like going through all rosters of different teams, just, you know, re re preparing and refreshing my memory for the season for the upcoming season. And I was looking at the Yankees. I'm like, all right, you got Garrett Cole, obviously Garrett Cole. Yep. And then Montgomery, he's been hurt the last two and a half years. But when he is good, he is good. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got uh, Domingo Herman, who has his off-the-field issues with the, you know, the domestic abuse right, or right. whatever it was. Um, Jamison Tyon, who's two-time Tommy John guy. And then uh, who else was it? That, it was just a bunch of – so all I said was the Yankees rotation kind of – oh, and it was Corey Kluber. That was the, what pissed people off the most. Corey Kluber hasn't been good for like two years, and he's been hurt the last few years yeah yeah so i'm like man the yankees rotation really stinks it's uh it's garrett cole and four question marks and yankees fans came at me in hordes like you're a fucking idiot you know you don't know what the hell you're talking <laughs> about Corey Kluber's a you i was like yeah five six fucking years ago and he's 36 years old you don't just magically get better at 36 it doesn't work like that
2: love it so <laughs>
3: it, it carried over to the point where i got so pissed off that i started just blogging yankee shit um <laughs> Anytime they do anything bad, and I was just giving it to the Yankees. So when Anderson hit that walk off, I I I was sitting on my couch, and I I just pulled out my phone, and it was completely off the cuff. I didn't plan that, obviously. How could you? Yeah. Um. And that's all there is to it. I Yankees fans are the worst people on earth. <laughs> I'm
0: a I'm a Red Sox fan, so. <laughs> yeah.
3: I used to hit Red Sox fans more. Now, Red Sox fans and I are kind of cool, ironically enough.
0: Uh, yeah, was, but the Red Sox fans. Uh,
3: oh, they, they like five years ago with the Red Sox, I proposed a trade that would have been um, who was the catcher, the switch hitting catcher they had? Saltam Lamachia? No, 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 no. no. Uh, he, was, he was like a top 20 prospect.
0: Uh, It's Kwong right now But they just got him from the Dodgers
3: This is uh, like five years ago and he completely fizzled out He wasn't any good he, Whatever I So I proposed a trade I wanted the White Sox to blow it up in 2015 They ended up doing it a year later But um, He's got the weird last name He's from New Mexico I remember randomly enough But uh, I proposed a trade to the Red Sox That would have been headlined around the catcher That I'm, I'm talking about Mm-hmm. If you can look up their like 2016 roster, you'll see him.
2: I'll do it, Larry. Um,
3: and then uh, a couple of other players, and in they're like, in "Red Sox fans, like you, fucking idiot." Jose Quintana is not worth this. Like he's a top twenty prospect. I'm like, you realize Jose Quintana is on a six year deal. He has a three two ERA every year, and you're going to be paying him eight million, and he gives you two hundred. He will fetch a king's ransom. If you don't think so, you're fucking stupid. They ended up trading him to the Cubs for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease and two other prospects. So I was right again. And uh, I think it was Blake Swihart. Blake Swihart. That's who I'm talking about. He's out of the league. I mean, he's stunk.
0: He's out of the league. There's no
3: way. He's out of the league. league. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And Red Sox fans were coming at my neck. I'm like, you guys are fucking morons. Even Kravitz was like, he was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever, I'm like, you don't understand how to like evaluate trade value. If you think that's a bad trade, because that's About what he'll get. And he ended up getting the Eloy, who was the third overall prospect. Dylan Cease, who was like 20th. And then two Flyers, who both kind of fizzled out. But that's when I was at it with Red Sox fans. Now it's Yankees fans, so me and Red Sox fans are friends again. Is the White Sox going to win the AL this year? I think so. The White Sox haven't gotten even close to hot yet. I know, I know, I know they haven't. They, they were bad against the Yankees, but, like, those are three extra inning games that could have gone either way. They were good games. Uh, and then they got swept by the Astros in three-game set in, like, May. I do not care whatsoever what the White Sox did against teams over 500 because the White Sox were playing four guys that shouldn't even be in baseball the majority of the year. The, the top half of the lineup had to carry them because they had no choice. And today they got Yasmani Grand- Grandal back. He's been out the last two and a half months. Uh, Eloy was out until the Field of Dreams weekend. Uh, Robert was out for three and a half, four months or whatever. Um, Madrigal got hurt, so they didn't have a replacement for him until they traded for Cesar Hernandez. Like, and then Carlos Rodon's been hurt. Kopech was on the DL for five weeks. Um, it, like, they have not even come close to clicking yet. And right today is like the first day they'll have a, a full lineup the entire year, literally the entire season, they have not had one game with their projected full lineup. So all the White Sox fans that were having meltdown modes when they were like, you know, they lost a couple of games, to the twins and shit. I'm like, dude, who cares about this? There's a 10 game lead. They're going to be healthy. If they're playing like dog shit at the, in the middle or end of September, then go ahead and, and say, okay, I'm worried. But until then there's nothing to worry about. Cause the division has been over for months now, you know? Right. So I like I I think that they're going to the lineup's going to gel and they're going to mesh and they're going to click right at the right time and nobody's going to want to play them in October. I really truly think so. And if you do, then you know, buyer beware. Your bull your bullpen's going to
0: be the difference in October. The Yankees' Absolutely. bullpen's it's terrible. Like, Red Sox it's like right It's all yeah,
3: it's- I it's short games. Uh Copac, gave up three really cheap singles yesterday and then gave up a bomb. So his ERA is like way inflated right now. But, uh, I mean, you go Kopech to Kimbrel or Hendricks to Kimbrel or Hendricks, and that's pretty nasty, you know. Uh, I'll put my faith in those guys all day, and all you got to do is go five or six with the starters, and that's pretty easy to do when you got Lancelin, Lugashio Alito, and and Carl Serdan. Two of those three guys are both going to be top five in the side young this year, you know. So, uh, obviously, I'm a big Cubs fan. Uh, I respect the White
2: Sox. Carl mm-hmm. chirped me on Twitter, like, a couple times. So, I'm kind of now on the oh, best great. terms with Carl. Uh, how much do you rub it in his face, like, you know, getting Eloy, getting um, Kimbrel. I mean, you guys got him for, like, nothing. We got magical, I guess. that That's pretty cool. And but... Hoyer's
3: going to be good, too, I think. Who's Hoyer, that? Hoyer, the reliever. Oh, okay. the yeah, yeah. guy. He's going to be good, too. Um not really. I haven't chirped him much because he's kind of like impervious to that. It's more the, and I like the Cubs are so bad right now. They're, I don't even think about them. Yeah. Um, it's hardly sad. at all right now. But I mean, if they like, I, I want to, I want it there to be a time, and I'm 32 years old. I want there to be a time when both teams are like legitimate World Series contenders. That's why we started Redline Radio in 2016, because we thought they'd both be right around this time in 2020, 21 world series contenders and they're both not cubs didn't hold up their end of the bargain but <laughs> in 2008 it was that's the only time i like both teams have gone to the playoffs in the same year and they both got their asses kicked that year in the first round in the yeah i mean series. seeing like a subway series like we saw in what was it 2000 yeah, 2001 unbelievable for like for selfish reasons and then like yeah. the city would just be on fire and it'd be un- unbelievable to see
2: All right, uh, Larry, any other baseball questions before we move over to college football? Uh, So there was the leak of
0: the partnership with the MLB. I don't understand the backlash. Like, I I, I think Barstool could modernize the MLB. I think you guys already have kind of brought baseball back by you and Karabas, and you have fans that, like, you reach – younger generations, Um, I I don't understand the backlash. And can you just talk about, like, what what that partnership would do for the MLB? honestly,
3: I heard about the partnership when you guys heard about the partnership. I'm not in those meetings, you know, that's for the important people at Barstool. So I don't know what the partnership would entail on any level. Um, I know literally as much as you guys do. But as far as the haters, like, it's to be expected. There's a lot of people out there that, for whatever reason target us and I think a lot of them are people that like have tried to do what we do and have failed um whether it be like Portnoy who started the company from the ground up was selling newspapers out of a minivan and turned it into like a media conglomerate uh or for me who just like you know turned it into a full-time job after blogging part-time and starting a podcast like I, I think there's a lot of people that wish, and they'll do anything they can to tear it down. So I really, truly think a lot of it's out of envy and jealousy. Um, and then like all these, all these narratives you hear about the like racist, sexist, like get the fuck out of here. Like yeah. none of these people talk to the uh, minorities that work here. They never talk to the women that work at Barstool. And in the off chance that they do, they'll just call them, you know, token CEO. She was only hired. Because she's a woman, and not because she literally took AOL to the top when AOL was at the top, had nothing. It has nothing to do with that. Only she, because she's a woman. It's just it's tired narratives. I, I laugh at it all now. It's, it's always-
0: Eric is on the board of the WWE. Like what? What are we talking? Like how is that still? <laughs> it's crazy to think that like that's
3: still a narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's because- it just is what it is. It is what it is. It'll never. It'll never. Ever go away? So just learn to live with it, I guess.
1: Sure. Uh, right. are, you
0: in, are you in favor? You in favor of uh,
3: pitch clock and the uh, extra inning rules? This is the first. No, the extra inning rules. Absolutely not. I hate them. Um, they're awful. But the game does need to speed up. And this is the first year I've ever like because I love baseball regardless, and I'll watch baseball regardless. But I have noticed this year. Like, I've, I've been watching just on my couch at alone, I live alone and everything, where I'll say to myself, like, throw the fucking ball. Like, get the ball and throw the ball, please. This is, like, dragging on way too much, you know? It, so I, I do think they do need to speed up the game, yes. Like, a four-hour baseball game, I and mean, baseball inherently is not, you know, completely action-packed. So a four-hour baseball game just doesn't cut it. Get it to three hours some way, somehow. But at the same time, I think that would probably mean cutting out advertisers and commercials and stuff. And that'll never happen. So I think it just kind of is what it is. I mean, what's the difference going from a four hour game to a three hour and 52 minute game? Because you've got pitch clock. It's the same thing. Right, right.
2: All right. So let's talk a little college football. Big 10. That's my specialty. I love the Iowa Hawkeyes Um, just through and through. Larry is an East Coast guy, but definitely has some Big Ten knowledge as well. Tell us, if you want, right now, who who's going to win the Big Ten? Who's going to win the West and the East? And uh, let's hear hear your thoughts, predictions.
3: All right, I think that I mean Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. I no. think it, um, as so we interviewed Tom Allen at Indiana a few weeks yeah. back. Indiana is obviously historically a bum football program, right? But uh, Tom Allen, I have all the faith in the world, in. I I walked away from that interview saying I would love to play for that guy, right? Um, And and I don't I out of we've interviewed four or five big outside of Coach Fitz who anybody would love to play for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that he's probably the only guy that I've walked away from and said like Wow that guy's awesome he's gonna be great at Indiana. I just think that um, with Indiana I think that the expectations are so high this year I think they're ranked like 15th preseason Mm -hmm. that I I don't know how they're gonna handle it and I wouldn't be surprised if they're like a 500 maybe a little better team. Michael Penix Jr. though he's a stud, he's a stud. He can air it out. He can run. He's an athlete. He's tough. Yeah. Um, So I could be way off there. They could, you know, win ten games. But it's Ohio. The East is Ohio State's division. Lose. I know everybody loves the Hawkeyes this year. Um, I think (laughs) that Northwestern, uh, Northwestern, and the Hawkeyes, and Northwestern, and and the Badgers have all matched up with each other. Awesome. The last yeah half decade. It, there's never a bad game in the, in any of those games. Yeah. So it's going to be between those three. Michigan State, I know their quarterback because he's uh, from my area. His dad was – his grandpa was North Central's head coach when I was at North Central, and his dad's okay. the head coach now. And his dad came from my high school and was my dad's baseball coach in high school. Okay. Or his grandpa was, rather, John Thorne. Um, Peyton Thorne's there. I just – like, he's good. I – He's kind of a statue, and mm. I, I don't trust his quarterback play as a, as a redshirt freshman in the Big Ten. I think he'll get picked apart. So throw them out. Um, Nebraska stinks. Illinois stinks. Yep. Um, Purdue, Brom, he stinks. Get him out of here. I, I, I think they – like they had their little cute victory against OSU a few years ago. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. But um, it's it's going to be a three-horse race, I think, between the Cats, the, the Badgers, and the, and the Hawkeyes, and we'll see. I mean, Northwestern's defense is going to be great like it always is. Um, the new offensive coordinator who was here last year for their first year was such a breath of fresh air. I do think they're going to have a pretty good uh, – their offensive line this year is supposed to be legit awesome for the first time, like, in my lifetime. Yeah, So yeah. Uh, if But they did lose their starting running back, who was going to be a stud, and um, – we'll see in quarterbacks with them. And I think, you know, it's a coin flip between either, either of those three teams in the East.
2: Yeah. So two things, or I guess three things you had, the South Carolina transfer
3: as your quarterback this year. Uh, well, he, he, didn't, he, did, he got beaten out. He, he did. He got beaten out by Hunter Johnson, who was the Clemson transfer. Yeah. Ryan Holinsky got beaten out. Uh, he is second string. And uh, at, by all, everything I've heard is Hunter Johnson like he was a five-star out of, uh, yeah, yep. uh, he looks the part he's always looked the part, but now he's like actually playing the part. So gotcha. Um, I mean, he, he's hardly taken any snaps, so we'll see how they translate to actual big 10 football. Yeah. But if, if he's anything close to what his recruit pedigree was, uh-huh. then, I mean, they won't lose in the East. I don't think. Gotcha. <laughs> so my second thing related to Northwestern
2: is I was watching an interview. I believe it was with George Kittle he said uh, the toughest place he had to play, uh, and, and don't call me, it might not be George Kittle, but it was a former Hawkeye. He goes Northwestern. Going to that field, you get that breeze off Lake Michigan, you know, middle of November. It's cold. It's tough. You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, uh, a battle of, you know, the, the offensive defense line, just a bruiser of a type match. And he goes, that place is just
3: tough. Uh, it, Northwestern's got a really good home field advantage, even though, like, because I mean, the, the stadium holds like forty five thousand people. It's a small stadium, and yeah. for Big Ten games, it's it's half opposing fans, anyways. Yeah, but for for that reason, that you just said, like the 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 weather elements that other teams mm-hmm. aren't used to, it's definitely an advantage for Northwestern. That's I'm sure Kill did say that. Yeah, um, that's not the first time I would have heard it. I've heard yeah. many people say that from many big 10 schools say that it's you got that 30 mile an hour wind off the lake it's yep. biting you it's yep. cold mm-hmm. overcast it's it's not fun it's not fun
2: have you been to any other big 10 uh, stadiums like Canada. Yeah, i I've been,
3: Michigan State. I've been to wisconsin
2: okay i'm um, well,
3: not inside wisconsin i should say i wish i was inside wisconsin but i've tailgated there i've been to i've been to games at illinois Kay. um I have not been to Iowa or anywhere else. Actually, we're actually going to Rutgers versus Delaware for work in a couple of weeks. So I'll hit up Rutgers, too, but that's whatever. OK, OK. Yeah, Kinnick
2: is a, a wild, wild place. Uh, definitely holds a special place on my end. But my last thing I have, and I'll switch it over to Larry, is a little shameless plug is that I write for the bookies basement. I have uh, in my Big Ten East preview Indiana just strictly due to Michael Penix winning um, their side of the division. And just to top it off your interview, when I listened to it,
3: just gave me all the confidence in the world
2: that
1: I, yeah, I, yeah.
3: I, I, like I said, I could be wrong. I just think that if, like expectations are so high, it might be tough for them to live up to them. But yeah, I mean, I would love Indiana to go out there and beat OSU, you know, that's David versus Goliath. You Hell know, yeah yeah. Bad program beats the uh, historic powerhouse. Yeah. That'd be a great story. Hell, yeah. I love college football because you got stuff like that, you know? Hell, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they hit their peak last season and uh, with, with Penix got hurt, and he's going to get hurt again. They stink. <laughs> Ohio
3: State's going to win. They're
0: going to win the <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't see anybody beating Ohio State. Got you. All right, well, oh, Larry,
2: any other college football questions? No, I got some other other
0: questions?
2: Though. Yeah, let's hear him. Let's.
0: What do you got? Uh so Karabas started his podcast with Big Poppy. When are we getting White Sox Dave and Frank Thomas? When is that podcast happening? Because I need it. Oh, so,
3: <clears throat> excuse me. I would love for that to happen. I have never talked to Frank Thomas really. I I ran into him at a bar years ago, and I like fanboyed him. This was in like 2013 <laughs> or 14, but. Um, that'll never happen. He, as far as I'm aware, like, his price tag is really, really high.
1: Gotcha.
3: So, well, I mean, oh, as much as i would going to, probably how not. Big, how big is he in person? I'm just a monster? Oh, he, he, I mean, you see him next to Big Poppy. Big Poppy's not a small dude, and he just dwarfs him. I mean, yeah. he's like 6'6", six, six, <laughs> 360 probably. Wild. Yeah, he's a monster of <laughs>
0: I want it. I want the White Sox Dave Frank Thomas podcast. Yeah, show. one day, one
3: day, one day, <laughs> we will see <do> that. <laughs>
0: uh, I had one more. It's uh, snake draft related. I need your top couple. I know you did the '90s heartthrobs with Kelly Keegs. I need your top female '90s heartthrob. I, I'm guessing that snake draft's coming, but like, who are the
3: '90s heartthrob females that moved the needle for you? Obviously, Britney Spears, Christine Aguilera, uh, oh, Jessica yes. Simpson would be like easy, one, two, three. Sarah Michelle Geller, definitely. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, I mean, those are off the top of my head. Sarah Michelle Gellar is still smoking hot. Jessica <laughs> Biel, 7th Heaven. Yep, yep. All right, all right.
2: Well, Dave, so, again, thank you for your time, for everybody. Subscribe to Barstool Chicago, Redline Radio. Uh, Dave's on cameo check that out as well um, I guess to wrap it up I'm not sure if you saw in my DM how we finished up with Frank Frank the tank um, in our last interview because we're going to put you and Frank together in the same interview like kind of back to back but did you see how that last one ended I did not I did okay. not so I ate a raw hot dog like out of the package like from the fridge did you ever do that as a kid number one is my first question
3: No, I would stick a fork through them and I'd like roast them over the stove. So it Mm -hmm. had like a burn on it. Okay. 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 I would cook my hot dogs
2: growing up. Fair enough. So what we'll end with today is I want to either get a competition or your rating. You know, we're going to clip it right now and put it in.
3: Tits. yeah, Tits. All day tits. (laughs) Smash those babies right in my face.
2: you <laughs> <laughs> a butt guy from Carl. You know, just smash those babies in my face and you get redhead calling you a foul boy. Can I have a fake motorboating competition with you right now just between you and I?
3: I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Ready? Ready? <laughs> all right.
2: wait. <laughs> all right. I had to try it. I had to try it. But hey, Dave. When Barstool Sports says, for the common man, by the common man, you are the definition of that. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here. Um, really just an awesome interview. We'll have it up next week. And can't thank you enough for taking the time just to speak with us.
3: Yep. Have a good one, guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right.
2: thank you. Easy, man. Appreciate it.